Hey there, does the third Republican presidential debate reveal the standout candidate against Donald Trump? Can anyone stop the runaway Trump train? I'm Aaron Young. Let's find out. Now, streaming right around the world, this is Ticker Today. Hello and welcome. Great to be with you. Also coming up today, millions of Australian Optus customers caught up in a massive system outage and now businesses counting the cost today. But first... Let's kick it off with Ticker Hot Shots. We're joined by Veronica Dudo in New York. Veronica, of course, great to see you now. Another Republican presidential debate, another no-show from Donald Trump, who leads them all in the polls as an outsider, but now also narrowly ahead of President Biden as well, comes as his daughter Ivanka Trump has been testifying in this massive quarter of a billion dollar civil fraud trial as well. We've been hearing from her today as she took the stand. Um, obviously, some questions about those emails between her and her husband, Jared Kushner, the judge deciding that actually they can be used, despite, of course, the defense lawyers, her lawyers saying that they shouldn't because of uh, privilege there as well. But Another day in the headlines for the wrong reason for Trump, but still in the headlines, despite not being part of this Republican debate. Absolutely. Wow. Where do we begin? <laughs> what to unpack first? As you mentioned, the uh, civil trial continues on. This is a non-jury trial, so it is a sole judge that's making these decisions. This week, we have been hearing from prosecutors. Um, in this case, you know, a lot that we're hearing from the children was basically that they allowed the accountants to do the accounting. Now, Thursday, uh, motions will be filed from Trump's uh, team of lawyers. So we will start to kind of see their strategy in terms of where they're going to take this. They've are, they're already talking about a lot of appeals and uh, moving forward in that case. And as you mentioned, of course, another Republican debate is happening. This time there will be five candidates who will take the stage. And as you mentioned, the GOP front runner and likely candidate, former President Donald Trump, will not be on that stage. Uh, just looking at the recent poll numbers following the uh, debate that was back in August, they had uh, Trump at 55% and then Ron DeSantis with 14%. And then beyond that, uh, Vivek Ramaswamy with 7%. So those are some staggering numbers. This is also on the heels of a new New York Times and Siena College polls that showed uh, in some of those key battleground states that Trump is ahead of current President Joe Biden. And that has a lot of strategists, including David Axelrod, who of course was uh, you know, very involved in Barack Obama's campaign saying maybe it is time for Biden to step aside. So that's something that the Democrats are, are also dealing with. Yeah, well, yesterday was election day, obviously a year to go now until the next actual presidential election. All eyes will be on that as well. Um, Donald Trump not participating in the third presidential debate. Instead, he'll be not too far away in South Florida with a campaign rally. Do you think it matters to the audience that he isn't part of these debates? Do you think to his people it matters? Do you think to traditional Republicans, though, it may or may not matter that he decides not to participate in these debates? So this is really interesting because it it's also brings into to mind that debate in terms of cutting the cord and legacy media. And so if you want to hear what he has to say, there you're able to stream live a lot of his rallies. You can hear him, um, you know, you can go to his Truth Social site. 
and at the same time, if you want to hear some of these other candidates, they're making the rounds, they're doing the same thing, streaming services and legacy media and interviews. So yeah. I do think consumers are able to hear the message for sure. So do they necessarily need to have the pomp and circumstance that that is rolled out and the TV ads and, you know, what's happening with the where you know we're in now a very new new time where the cycle is 24 7. absolutely all right speaking of legacy media box office smash barbie helped warner brothers discoveries top core quarterly profit estimates but the effects of two hollywood strikes and a weak advertising market could hamper earnings into next year company executives now say the dower outlook for the company sent the company's share price tumbling 15%, the worst performance since August last year. Obviously, Barbie was a standout hit for them. Um, there aren't many Barbies around, though, and they have been, this is after the recent merger, as we know, Discovery uh, and Warner Brothers coming together and HBO Max being their big streaming platform. A lot of people looking to their platform and suggesting there needs to be some sort of a merger, that this is a really difficult time, as we know, for legacy media, but also Warner Brothers, Discovery, and also Paramount seem to be the two that the market are really worried about at the moment. So hit them where it hurts. Of course, that's their bottom line. And so uh, a lot of these streaming services are saying because they are getting the lightest load of content right now that, you know, for their third quarter, they saw, uh, they did not see uh, growth in terms of subscribers. And so with this ongoing strike that's happening, this is with the uh, actors now, this has been since July. And so it, it definitely has a ripple effect. Um, you know, they have a lot of valid points uh, specifically in terms of some different sticking points surrounding AI. So where does this go? As you mentioned, uh, potentially, you know, these mergers and also uh, how are they able to, you know, make money and, and hit those uh, earnings that they have set out? They're already now lowering their expectations moving forward as this continues on. All right, Veronica Dudo, as always, talk to you soon. Thank you. Rivian says it will end its exclusive deal with its largest shareholder, Amazon, for its electric delivery van. It now opens the door for more customers around the world. Rivian on Tuesday raised its production forecast for the year by 2,000 vehicles. This target, now at 54,000 units, comes on the back of sustained demand for its trucks and SUVs. Rivian's upbeat forecast is a small win for the electric vehicle industry, which is reeling from two key issues this year. Higher inflation has hurt buyer appetite and price cuts at market leader Tesla to stimulate demand. Last month, Tesla CEO Elon Musk said he was concerned about the impact of higher interest rates on car buyers. While smaller rival Lucid cut its production forecast on Tuesday, sending its shares down 4%. It now expects to produce up to 8,500 vehicles this year, down from an earlier projection of over 10,000. Rivian's chief executive told Reuters he was surprised at how much others have pulled back, and he's concerned it could create a vacuum of products in the EV market. Some analysts said that after sustained supply chain problems for Rivian, the EV maker may be starting to turn a corner after showing what one market watcher called resilience. To avoid slashing prices, it has taken elements of production in-house to reduce dependency on suppliers and slash costs. The automaker's higher-priced SUV sales have outpaced its lower-priced pickup truck, the R1T, boosting the average selling price of its vehicles. 
Rivian also announced plans to end its exclusivity deal to Amazon for its electric delivery van, opening the door for more customers around the world. The carmaker's Q3 revenue of just over $1.3 billion was in line with estimates, while its quarterly loss narrowed from a year earlier. In a digital age where connectivity is crucial, the recent Optus outage left countless Australians frustrated and disconnected. While many were left scrambling for alternatives and venting their frustration on social media, the outage serves as a stark reminder of the importance of being prepared for unexpected disruptions. Perhaps easier said than done. For more, though, we're joined by Mariam Gabaji from Finder. Mariam, great to see you here on Ticker. Talk to us about how widespread that impact of that Optus outage has been. So over 10 million um, Optus customers were impacted uh, with their mobile and broadband services down um, since 4 a.m. yesterday, and the outage lasted for about nine hours. Um, we also saw gov uh, government departments, hospitals, trains in Melbourne, um, businesses get impacted by the outage. Talk to us about how the outage affected individuals and businesses around Australia. We, we talk about hospitals, we talk about the train network in Melbourne as well, but there were businesses that had to close down and many now seeking compensation. This is what uh, one of the problems is we are so reliant on technology um, in this day and age. So businesses such as cafes um, that mm. rely primarily on card payments, they had to shut down because uh, they couldn't accept any payments. Uh, people don't normally carry cash around as well these days. Um, so businesses were suffering um, because of that. Then. Of course, one of the biggest um, issues that came up was that uh, people in an emergency could not sometimes dial triple zero as well. Some people couldn't connect to loved ones who were in the hospital or um, get in touch to, to, uh, to find out any test results that they were waiting on as well. This isn't just an Australian story, it's a global story. It's been making news and waves right across the United States as well, because you would think in this day and age that service delivery of things like mobile phone technology is concrete. They've ironed out all the problems. This isn't new technology anymore. The fact that we don't know as the public what the cause actually was of an outage that took out 10 million people who use the phones, but also the ongoing effects for those who don't but deal with businesses or hospitals or the train network, it is extraordinary that this could even happen in the first place. Yeah, it's it's generally quite frustrating that uh, a major network could um, disrupt um, services across Australia to this extent. Um, and the outage did last for about nine hours, which is a long time. Um, now, outages aren't uncommon. They do happen. It's just that this is this was on a wide scale. And I guess this raises the questions for experts about finding backup systems as well in place. Um, Optus will need to look at figuring out what their backup system might be. Um, governments, um, state governments will also need to figure out how they can help people in this situation if it happens again, because there is a good chance that this might happen. It's moments like this we remind ourselves just how reliant we are on the mobile phone network and the internet. It's right through everything as well. We talk personally about what practical steps people can take to ensure connectivity during such disruptions. Vodafone were quick out of the block saying, hey, use the eSIM function on your phone. A lot of people don't know about the eSIM function, right? Yeah, that's true. So an eSIM just uh, lets you, uh, you don't have to wait around for a physical SIM card. So if your phone has eSIM, uh, is 
has an eSIM feature, you can just sign up online. Um, so if, for example, you might still be connected at home with your um, internet, or uh, you might find Wi-Fi outside in a public space. If that's the case, you can look for providers that do offer eSIM capabilities. It's not just the big telcos anymore, um, like Optus, Telstra, and Vodafone. Smaller providers do offer this feature as well, um, such as Felix, for example. Um, so yeah, just have a look out for that. Or you could, uh, if you really need to run out and get something, you've got gas stations, you've got your local Coles and Woolies, um, and Aldi selling um, SIM cards as well that you can uh, use temporarily during these instances. Yeah, the eSIM is is terrific, particularly on the iPhone, though it doesn't tether. I learned that one the hard way. You can't actually tether your data to it. Um, and while we talk about personally, you think about the train network and hospitals and things as well. It's hard to believe that they didn't have a backup. But anyway, Miriam Gabaji from Find, appreciate your time. All right, coming up on Ticket Today, we'll have the very latest news. Stay with us. You're watching Ticker. We'll have more in just a few minutes. 